Welcome back to the Malfunction Podcast. The first official episode is about to start right now, and I'm so excited to introduce to y'all my really good friend, Michael Witt. Michael and I have a really cool relationship in the fact that we both grew up in the same small town here in Texas, and so we have a really unique perspective into each other's lives. And you know, I'm about eight years older than Michael, so we didn't really know each other super well growing up. But you know, when you're from a small town, everyone knows everyone. And now into our adulthood, we've actually reconnected through originally through like creative pursuits and stuff like that. And it has just blossomed into this really awesome friendship. Michael and I, we have a lot of things in common. Number one, we're both really, really passionate. And so one thing I really appreciate about Michael is that I can have really, really passionate and deep conversations with him. And the fact that we come from the same place, that adds a whole different element to it. We've actually spent a lot of time talking about our hometown and our childhoods and just our own different experiences. And it has just been a really validating and healing experience for the both of us. So, And aside from being my friend, Michael is an exceptional singer, songwriter, writer in general, overall creative individual that has multiple pursuits and just someone to pay attention to because he has just got it going on. And if you stick around to the very end, he actually plays a new song that he's working on. So you get a little taste of what he's all about. So without rambling any further, let's get started. I hope y'all enjoy. Welcome to Malfunction, dude. You're the first guest here, so. Oh my God, the first, the first of many, um, many that will be, I don't know, the, the, I, it is a pleasure, I guess, to be your first, your first guest on this thing, because I just think that you can take this as far as you want to take it, and I, um, I'm very excited for you to do that, because we've, we've had a similar conversation uh, in the past about stuff that I wanted to work on and stuff you wanted to work on. Um, and I think both of us have talked about podcasting at some point and it's always just kind of hit a wall really early on, but I can, I can tell by what you just said that you've hit a, a fork in the road and you took a direction that, uh, is influencing your decisions with this podcast at this point. And if I know anything about myself and you and like, if history is any um, uh, guide for this thought, then uh, I'm going through basically the same fucking thing. (laughs) Um, And uh, I think that that is the attitude that is actually going to allow you to do this. There's nothing to do, but have fun. And I've got some fucking stories to tell you just like that are so relevant to this. Yeah. Yeah. And and I love what you just said. There's nothing to do but have fun. And that's literally something that it's not ignoring the hard things in life, the very detrimental things in life that we're all experiencing differently and, you know, not to dismiss the horrors of life, you know, mm-hmm. but when I get down to my stuff and and it's not 
making my feelings not valid or because they are there. Everything is just a one side of the coin and you flip it to the other. It's just, it, you can hardly grasp a a concept or a thought without it just sifting through your hands like sand because it doesn't stay firm because there's always something else to it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm Mm -hmm. already going on this weird rant, but like (laughs) I'm, I'm, and that's like, this is another thing I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about doing this and <clears throat> speaking my thoughts and stuff like that. And I definitely want to ease into that because I don't want to like scare people away by being yeah. too intense, but I also don't want to be somebody that I'm not. And it's in one thing that is, you know, I, I notice one of the hard things about starting the podcast is just like, dude, whenever you hit record, I start acting like a different person and it, and it bothers me, you know, cause it's like, I want to be me and I'm, and I know that I'm great, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of like, I'm dude, I'm, I don't, this is not where we started, but here I am. But this is kind of like when you walk through a door into a room, you know, like learning how to be me. And I feel like over the last couple of years, really the last year or so, I'm, I've been more aware of that, of like, I want to be me and trying to figure out how to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, yes. But yeah, yes. like when you hit record, it's it's hard to not try to fall into this character and stuff. So it's like, I want to take it slow in the sense that, you know, I don't have to speak too fast and just learning how to like just absorb things and process them. And I think that'll help me with this. But um but yeah, going yeah. back to the fun thing, it's just going back to anything that's going on in my life, it it all can kind of be funny if I look at it a certain way. <laughs> you know, I don't know yeah, how to put it. It can. It can. There's a line from a Grateful Dead song called Scarlet Begonias that goes, once in a while you get shown the light in the strangest of places if you look at it right. And uh, that, it, that that speaks to me because I've learned a very similar I've learned actually the exact same lesson recently. Okay. That like you can find, you know, it, God, to get all, you know, heavy about it. You can find that anywhere you look. Yeah. But you can also find humor. Like you can find joy uh, in some strange places. And like that affects the way that you live. And, you know, there are obviously real material barriers for, for people at large to experience this kind of living. You know, if you're worried about fucking paying rent, then it's difficult to come to this perspective. But, um, you know, that's the, that's, that's the political route that I spent a few years taking and I've kind of, um, integrated (laughs) the couple of years of like political reading and, and stuff into this, um, more spiritual approach that I've been on for the past year or so. Um, but, but yeah, you, you really can find this, um, this thing, this, this peace, joy, whatever all over the place. And, uh, it, it doesn't, you know, have to always feel the same. It doesn't always have to look the same. And it doesn't, in my case, um, it doesn't always have to, you know, be this like kind of crying, like tragic, drama version of a story (laughs) yeah like it can be just a little bit lighter you know I totally understand and this is this kind of leads into a question that I'm I have and I'm it's kind of funny but 
don't laugh when I read it <laughs> Please, I, <laughs> because I use the name of the podcast. But uh, nice. uh, I think I'm going to try to ask this to a lot of the people that I have on, like maybe make this a reoccurring question. But yeah, what is and you don't have to think too hard it, or you can you can you can go as far back as you want. It can be as recent as you want. It doesn't matter. But sure. what is one major malfunction that has happened in your life? that has turned into something good for you? Um, I got fired from my job at the Mushroom Lab. Perfect. All right, folks. Some things are just a little too juicy for everybody in the public to hear. And I think we were diving into something that, you know, maybe this just stays between me and Michael right now. But I am thinking about starting a Patreon where I post stuff like some uncut podcast episodes so y'all get all the juicy details, maybe some music stuff that I'm working on. I don't know. Let me know if that's something that y'all would be interested in. Back to the episode. Like, I came into work, like, fresh in Nashville, Tennessee, like, first move out of my home state. And three weeks... Weeks after I moved, my childhood best friend uh, dies suddenly and tragically. So I had to go home. And like, that was a big emotional um, uh, task. Like that was a lot of emotional work to uh, process that. And then like, I very joyfully, very, I was blessed to be able to fill the roles of um, doing a eulogy at Court's funeral. I played a song at his funeral. I played the Grateful Dead at his burial like it was one of the most like court wasn't into the dead like i was he really wasn't into the dead at all but when he came into my live streams i would always be playing it and he would always like it so i was like you know what court i'm gonna do you solid man i'm about to make you look so fucking cool because i'm gonna play the grateful dead so i had been dealing with that right before the like the the day after i got to nashville from that experience i went to work at this mushroom lab and this whole thing has been like so um, exciting and like new and scary and invigorating and overwhelming and like just like like running the gamut of intense emotions. And you know, uh, Mallory, for those who don't know, I feel the world very intensely. Uh, I process it uh, in like in in a like this like obsessive self-aware way that's almost like abusive to myself sometimes <laughs> um and then a lot of times i communicate it very intensely and so like this has just been a lot and it's been awesome like this is the wave that i want to be riding but it's been a hell of a wave yeah. and so i brought that vulnerability like like i'm i've been so vulnerable and i've kind of used that as you know, just a catapult, I guess. Like I was put in a vulnerable situation just by moving and being new. And I used that to be like, well, fuck it, man. I might as well just be naked to the world around me. Like, I'm just going to just, I'm just going to be me, man. Like I'm going to stand and like talk to strangers about how beautiful Cardinals are. Like, I I don't care, man. Cause I want to have fun. I'm here to have fun. Other people are here to have fun. Like people want an organic experience and I want to give it to them. So like I bring that vulnerability into work and like had communicated with person B uh, on several different occasions, like how new and scary and all of this shit was. Um, and I had communicated to this person too. Like I'm not the best at mornings. 
I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the best at morning. So I stay yeah. up late naturally. Like it's just how I am. I get energized at night. Um, now that Lauren's in grad school, like I am glad to be able to take on the roles of like trying to help her in the mornings, like making her breakfast, making her coffee, like providing an environment where she can do reading and studying before class. Like I'm trying to do that. And I communicated that with person B and person B was like, I get it, man. Totally get it. Sometimes you got to prioritize your relationships. I've had to do the same thing in my marriage. Good for you, man. <laughs> and then just out of nowhere wants to be like, I'm sorry if being a responsible adult is a challenge for you. And so I was like, man, you knew that that was a big insecurity of mine. You knew it. You knew it. And you threw it in my face. Uh, that's the ungenerous part of me speaking. The generous part of me speaking uh, wants to say person B is um, way over, way in over their head. They stretch themselves too thin. They refuse to ask for help. They put an irrational burden on themselves. It sounds like, you know, the whole move to Nashville and that whole, this whole summer leading up to it, um, you know, the work it put putting in to move to Nashville, it's been a really big change for y'all. And like you said, it just sort of strips you raw to where you felt you're, you're feeling really vulnerable. You're feeling that sort of wavelength of life. Like you're start, you are experiencing a sort of vulnerability and then you compound it with the loss of your really good friend. And it just makes everything very, very sensitive and you're and you're experiencing life through that lens to where it's it's just like brings a whole new meaning and yeah I mean that I understand exactly what you're saying and it's work is tough you know it's it's tough and it's definitely tough to be um caught in kind of the crossfires of of just work bullshit and but like, where are you at with that? And where, where is it coming on the other, where are you at like coming on the other end of that? And what's yeah. your view on, where are you going from here? This is, this is why I wanted to tell this story because the, the, the big revelation to me is that I'm so proud of myself. Uh, I'm just proud of myself. And here's why. Um, Holly, I'm going to need you, excuse me, my pup is in here chewing on a thing and I'm just going to, okay. All right. What was I saying? Oh yes. Uh, here's why I'm proud of myself for getting fired from my job. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. So, um, so to bring it back down, let's bring it back down real quick. Let's get real. I've spent a lot of my life. I would even say most of my life trying to be a responsible adult. I spent a lot of my childhood trying to be the responsible, mature, too good for this, uh, whatever. Like for whatever reason, that was like sort of the, you know, I'm not trying to assign blame, but realistically it was kind of the role that was put on me. Um, I've spent my whole right. life trying to appeal to adults and trying to be mature and everything. And it didn't do me any favors. It didn't do me any favors at all. It made me an anxious mess. Um, it led me to be convinced that I was going to be a Navy SEAL. <laughs> it convinced me that I was going to be a Navy <laughs> SEAL. Um, it just, it just tightened me. It just tightened me up. It just, it just tightened me up. Honestly. Um, I, I just kind of, I just walked, I just walked around, um, 
you know, so concerned about being this thing. And, um, that's, that's one of the biggest things that's just fallen off by the wayside that that's the armor. That's like the exoskeleton of trauma, I guess. I don't usually like using the word trauma to describe myself because like, I just am like, mm, like, I know what trauma is. And I don't think I experienced that. Um, but for, for lack of a better term, I'll just call it that. This exoskeleton of trauma uh, got dried in the Tennessee sun and it cracked. And then um, I just was like standing here like Mr. Krabs when he doesn't have a shell. If anybody's a SpongeBob connoisseur like me, um, we, you know, when Mr. Krabs is like outside of his shell and he's all shriveled up and vulnerable, that was me. Um, I became mm -hmm. Mr. Krabs outside of a shell. And uh, to be now living a life where I just find uh, magic all over the place and I'm not afraid to communicate that vision of magic to people around me, um, that doesn't sit right with some people, especially people who are really invested in um, this, like a kind of especially Western notion of responsible adulthood and what it means to be a contributing member of society. Um, so I'm just proud of myself for living this kind of life uh, and sticking to it um, where I, I am not willing to sacrifice my sanity and I'm not willing to sacrifice the magic in my life and I'm not willing to sacrifice um, just my, my energy for this type of person. Um, and, and I, I recognize that me even being able to say that and make that decision comes, um, you know, comes from a, a, a place of pretty serious privilege on the, on the world scale. Um, and, and there's nothing really for me to do, but, but just like recognize it and, and be grateful for it and try to build a world where everybody is able to make the same decision. Um, you know, I, I just, I want anybody to be able to be like this situation, especially at work, this work situation is bullshit because I think there are a lot of people that are stuck in shitty situations at work because they just can't go anywhere else. They don't have another option. You know, I think that one lesson that I'm trying to learn or that I'm starting to see, it's like, doesn't mean that I'm necessarily executing it well, but you know, it's, uh, it really is all about how we react to things, you know, and just creating that space. Like that's something that I've really realized over the last year and, you know, not being shocked when things are shitty. <laughs> I don't know. It just, it's it. one thing that makes me laugh and kind of giggle is just like how I, I just like, it doesn't shock me that everything is shitty it does like i don't understand I, it doesn't shock me it, you know what i mean and <clears throat> yes i do on the other side of that is the balance of that there's so what you were just talking about not too long ago is the magic and everything and how much magic and beauty there is and everything and and a lot of that is when you get outside of the the bubble of our 
perception that we've these goggles that we've put on and, and how we view the world and what the world is and we've got all these buildings and concrete and blah 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 and you know we just don't even really have much connection with you know this actual planet you know it, 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 that's another thing that makes me kind of giggle is like we want to go to the moon. No, no, that's cool. That's fine. <laughs> and we're all like, oh, look at all these. There's like planets. Like we're we're discovering planets. It's like, yeah, bitch, we're on a planet. We're yeah. <laughs> on. We're on a planet too. Did y'all know that? And we're at, we're in space right now. We we don't have to go. We are in space, flying on a planet. You know, so we're we're doing some cool shit like right here. You know, some yeah. miraculous shit that is just you know and we're worried about bullshit you know so yeah but the balance of everything is another thing like you know we think of things as being good or bad and and it's just a lot of it seems to be just is and mm -hmm. you know what kind of what exactly what we're talking about like what are some beautiful things that come out of situations that are tough or in that moment seem like that and it's like well but actually, maybe those moments give us perspective. If and if we don't have that sort of perspective, then we can we don't know what magic and joy and happiness are. And that's all very surface. But you know, it sometimes the the medicine that you need is not the medicine you want to take. And, and like sometimes it is what it is, what it is. And, and you know, like you can get mad about shit, but it is what it is. Like what are you gonna do about it in your life? You know. So. Yeah. Um, but I mean that and that that's just directed to me because kind of totally. what you're talking about, like, yes, that's there's a lot of privilege there. But, you know, what am I going to do with myself? I can't wallow around like well, I'm going to be the best person I, I can be. And um, that also means that doesn't mean that I'm going to be happy and 100 percent all the time or that everybody in my immediate sphere is going to be just so fucking awesome no that's not gonna happen ever the only thing that's gonna happen is if i learn how to get out of my own head and you know dance with life you know yeah. and um yeah it, it seems it seems better that way or i seem to just feel overall better when i'm dancing with life and i'm not pushing and pulling and trying to control it you know what i mean yeah absolutely um, yeah it's like the difference between like you know flailing around and trying to swim in a river instead of just floating on your back. Yeah. Just like sometimes you just got to let it, let it flow. And, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, maybe this kind of leads into the next question I, I want to ask you, and this can be anything. I know you're going to bring up some music stuff, but this can be anything like, you know, Cardinals, you're talking about whatever, whatever it can be, but what is currently inspiring you? Oh gosh. Um, a lot. Uh, Cardinals is, is, is one of them. Um, I don't know what it is about Card. Well, I know what it is physically. It's that they, they just have a really pretty shape and they're bright red and I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, Cardinals are weirdly inspiring. Um, but, but really there, there is no bigger inspiration to me right now than Jerry Garcia. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry Garcia. I, so I, I can, this this ties in very nicely to what I just said. Um, you know, after coming back at the end of August, coming back from Court's funeral um, in September, like a lot of the month of September was kind of just like cloaked in this haze 
uh, it's like a, it was honestly like, I felt like I was almost dissociating, disassociating, however you say the word, kind of mm-hmm. every day. Um, Cause it was just like, not necessarily like I felt like I wasn't real or wasn't actually there, but I just felt like, like, I just felt like there was a, like a cloudy piece of glass, like a piece of frosted glass between me and reality. Um, and it was just weird. Like it was just weird. And I didn't really know how to get out of it. And, um, you know, it didn't necessarily happen in this kind of big cinematic way in my memory. It did, but you know, I don't think that it did. Um, just kind of, I felt this way in one day, bam, there it was, but it kind of feels like that's how it happened because I do in my memory, what I specifically remember is just being like, I'm going to listen to the grateful dead, um, today. And I'm going to listen to a song called Althea. And I knew of Althea because I had like watched a YouTube video on how to play the intro a couple years back, like before I had even heard the song. Um, and then I, I had heard John Mayer mention it a few times in in some Instagram lives. And so I was like, I'm gonna listen to Althea. And the, the song just fucking changed my life. (laughs) As lame as that sounds, I just remember going down the, going down the road home from work one day. And it was like a pretty sunny, like late September afternoon. And fucking Althea. And if you know the song, you know what I'm talking about. It just comes in like, like it's just got that sound that's like mysterious, but groovy as fuck. Like it's the, it's the weirdest, like coolest song. Yeah. And it just fucking spoke to me. Like I was just like, damn, dude. I had been into the Grateful Dead for a couple of years at that point. Like knew a good amount of their songs, liked the dead, but like yeah. I wasn't a deadhead until until that day when I heard Althea. Because mm-hmm. when there's when it hits you, there is no mistaking it. And now I can be like, oh, it didn't hit me until that day. That's when it hit me. So at that point, like I'm still riding that wave of just like obsession because it's unlike anything I've ever found in my entire freaking life. Like it just speaks to every part of me. Like it speaks to the part of me that's like goofy and just kind of wants to like say weird shit and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, It speaks to the part of me that's like, wants to fucking live with a coven of witches in a Swedish forest and like have a weird spring carnival and shit. It speaks to the part of me that wants to be, you know, a freaking rock star. It speaks to the part of me that wants to groove and dance. It speaks to the part of me that loves like dramatic, uh, you know, stories of tragedy, comedy and tragedy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's just fucking all of them. And most importantly, it speaks to the part of me that just like wants to know that I belong here and uh yeah i i just like fell into it and then and then i started listening to um american beauty and american beauty has like i mean just every song every song on that album is like is a fucking gift like friend of the devil hooked me in just a 
good bluegrass, like just a dope song. But um, there's a song on that album called Ripple. And, and Ripple is just like this acoustic, like campfire song pretty much. But the, the, the lyrics are very mysterious, very mystical. Like every fucking song the Grateful Dead ever made just had like such, it was drenched in mystery. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's, it's one of the things I love so much about it that weird like religious mysterious like mystical part of you and me that like we're just so drawn to they speak that language like that is the language that robert hunter and jerry garcia wrote in um so so yeah and i mean don't i can't even this isn't a guitar podcast so i won't even go down the guitar rabbit hole but like i i I didn't know who i was as a guitarist until i started copying jerry garcia yeah um my oh, songwriting man. is is changed. Um, like I would love later on to play you one of my new songs uh, just for you, like just for you to hear it. Um, totally, dude. Because my songs are different. Like they're more fun and they're getting bigger in the stories that they're telling. Like, cool. I don't know. It just gives me agency to write whatever the fuck I want to write. And you are such a good storyteller. I mean, the stuff that you send me for your books and stuff, I mean, man, you are, you are such an exceptional writer. I mean, that is such, I mean, you are able to construct a landscape in, in, in the mind, the detail. And so, man, I, I have never really gotten into the Grateful Dead and just hearing you talk about it. First of all, I just, that's so cool that you have something so tangible to obsess over, you know, sometimes obsessing can be bad, but like. No, in in the sense where you're almost absorbing a craft, you know what I mean? It's and sometimes yes. like it ebbs and flows, you know, but there's certain times in our lives where you and you can you can look back specifically at where you were just like so obsessed about something where you're all you're doing is absorbing this thing and when you stumble across something that that hooks you in like that, that's a special time. You know what I mean? Um, it's so special. Yes, it's it's like I, if I'm going to have an obsessive compulsive tendency, which I clearly do, uh, <laughs> it's, it's good that I'm spending that energy on Jerry Garcia because it's actually, I mean, the Jerry Garcia and the Grateful Dead, I, you know, I love all of them, especially Bobby. Oh, Bobby is just so, he's so cool and so cute. And like, I just love that they're still fucking playing. Um, and, uh, it's, it's healing. Like it really is healing because, you know, I've spent the past two weeks or so um, really wrapped up, you know, and, and just trying to write and just kind of getting taken over a little bit by the grip of anxiety. And it's what, you know, you don't realize that you're in the grip until you take a moment and be like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, alarm's going off. Anxiety's yep. in the building, y'all. How long has this been in here? Like, uh, <laughs> that's what I've been going through. And the thing that that triggered that realization was coming back to the Grateful Dead after like a week or so off, like after a week or so of just like not really listening and listening to a lot of Joni Mitchell. And I love Joni, but I can't write like Joni. I can't do it. Like she was just so unique that me trying to write like Joni is fucking up my process. And like, I recognized that when I tuned into the Grateful Dead because then I remember like, oh shit, man, this is just a fucking ride. You got to decorate your own cart and stop looking at everybody else's. Yeah, um, totally. 
Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I understand that the Grateful Dead is not for everybody. Like I, I used to, you know, before I got into them, before I was lukewarm for the dead, I would try to listen to them a couple of times. And I was just like, this is bad. I don't get what people like about this. So I get it. Jerry, you know, they had a very folky voices. Bobby's a good singer, but it's just not for everybody. Um, hey, so that's I'm, okay. I don't take it, that's yeah, I don't take it personally when people are like the dead sucks, man. I'm like, they got, sometimes they do. <laughs> so you get them when they're good, and you get them when they're not. And that's another thing that's amazing about being obsessed with the dead is like, I'm sure you're somewhat familiar with this, Mallory. They recorded like every show they ever played. Um, yeah, that's not exactly true, but like, there are. Let's see. So along with just like their official kind of live albums, there are close to a dozen bootlegs from their Europe 72 tour. There's a series called Dick's Picks where uh, like the Grateful Dead historian that was like in their orbit, like just picked shows and uh, um, to like make into live albums. And one of my favorites of Dick's Picks is volume 34. <laughs> so, like, so wow there's a lot of material and content to go through huh there is I mean, a never-ending stream of yeah, have you of listened history. to all of it or no or is that even a possibility no i'm still or? like i'm it's definitely possible i'm just like still making my way through it um, wow and i'm That's like cool. really, i feel like i've just now started getting into it where i'm like you know i for several years i couldn't even i didn't even listen to the dicks picks because i was like i'm not there yet like when, you, when you're trying to get into the dead there are a couple of shows that everybody always points you to um there's a show in 1977 it's like may 20th or may 25th or some shit uh at cornell university cornell 77 is like a huge show um all of the europe 72 shows uh, there's like an Oregon 72 like there are specific shows that people are like this one will get you there um I also like to recommend studio versions of of songs because they have been so important to me and they're a little bit easier to grasp like it's a little bit easier to listen to you know a three-minute friend of the devil where it sounds a little bit more like what you're used to music sounding like uh and then you can go to uh the friend of the devil closing of winterland version where it's 12 minutes long and they slow it down by like 50 percent sit out running but i'll take my time a friend of the devil is a friend of mine it's trippy yeah. oh i love that version of it um so yeah, there, there's just there's a lot, and I'm just now getting to the point where I can be like, all right, let me get into these dicks picks a little bit. Let's mm. let's get into it. That's a uh, hilarious name, by the way. Oh, it's hilarious. That's I think this was best. before like dick picks was even a term that people were using. That yeah, that and does it mean that dick picks? No, it's the guy's name was Dick. Like his name was Richard. So I and think it that was they were just picks? like, hey, let's call him Dick. Like these are dick picks. So I oh, think they were being that's stupid. So funny, and it's. Yeah, I mean, damn. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, oh, that's there's great. just so much about the dead. And, and honestly, like, they were just funny. And, and there's not even a whole lot of them um, in terms of just, like, speaking in concerts. Like, they weren't, like, you go to a John Mayer live album or, like, a live concert and he talks a lot. They didn't talk barely ever uh, during their live shows. So, like, I love the moments where you can just hear Bobby in the, all right, it's broken again, and we're fixing it again. <laughs> you know, talking about their PA, because they had their own, like, big, weird PA system that they lugged all over the place. That's hilarious. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, 70s, and, God, I mean, time is so 
crazy to me right now. I, I'm just getting yeah. so tripped out about how old I am, about just looking back on certain. And it seems like I'm to the point where I have lived different lifetimes, yeah. you know? And yeah. just literally, I can't even my childhood and that that far back. It just I can't I can't even. Um, it's not imagine, but it's just like that seems like so such a different. It and it was it was a different time. I get it. That's I can't even yeah. articulate what I'm trying to say. I feel you. I mean, it's like I think one of the this might help you get there. It's like it's weird to come to the realization that time like doesn't operate completely linearly. That you find yourself going through similar cycles over and over again throughout your life. Um, and we are constantly time traveling with memory. Like I think that's one one like thing that I've been thinking about, and I've been here listening to some people talk, but like. We're quite literally time traveling when we're processing our past. You know, you're yeah. going back to scenarios like in, you're literally time traveling all the time. And you're also time traveling forward when you're trying to, you know, mentally prepare for something or manifest and you're like visualizing. You know, we're like always constantly sort of hopping all over the place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's interesting. And like in my case, that's usually when I start getting when I start getting fucked up. <laughs> so when I spend too much time traveling to the, to non-existent concepts like past and future. It goes back to the balance because, and I just listened to a podcast about this last week. I can't remember exactly which one, but it's like talking about the toxic positivity mm -hmm. um, in our culture right now, where it's like just almost bypassing, you know, Ha being able to like it's okay it's good to have negative quote-unquote emotions because yeah. it's a gauge for you to know when something's a little off in you and whether whatever it may be that's causing that but it's like how, how you it's like how you react to that is the next step and then like being able to look back on situations and not wallow in the past or just ruminate over it but to learn from it you try, you travel there, you learn from it, and then you move on. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, it's like you don't want to be spending too much time in any place—the past, present, or future. It's like you got to kind of go all over the place. You know, you got to manifest, you got to be present, and you got to kind of look back on things and learn. You know, and you'll smell something, and bam, nostalgia. Boom, all these memories start tumbling out. It's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, childhood, shit, shit, shit. What am I gonna do with it? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's a smell for you? What's one of the smells like? Can you describe it? Um. Let me guess. Rosemary's one of them, right? Oh yeah. Uh -huh. Oh yeah. Boom. I'm at Greg Drive right now. Mm. Um, one of my childhood homes. Yeah, that and like, there's a certain candle smell, and it's like not. There's not really even a specific one, but it's like kind of a leathery. Mm -hmm smell that reminds me of my childhood um yeah. there's other ones that i would like the smell of a, a gym you know like yeah. a basketball gym yes what about you what are some of yours yeah uh oh gosh you know cut grass is like a really classic one i think Ooh. that works for me just like everybody else um yeah, that's a good one 
uh, one of the weird ones is, um, it's not even that weird. It's just like maybe a little bit more unique to me is the inside of an RV. Uh, yes, that's a good one. Yeah, the inside of an RV either takes me back to like being a kid at Memorial Day, you know, Lake Waco. Um, hey, Tom. Um, <clears throat> or uh, more recently, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have parents that uh, um, have a motorhome. So we took a road trip with them a couple years ago and the way that that RV smells like I can picture the smell in my mind, but there's no way I could describe it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like you, it's like you can recall what it smelled like, even if you don't have any like um, olfactory cues. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those are a couple couple that come, come come to the come to mind right off the bat yeah and like uh walking outside early in the summer or just that kind of early morning smell yes yes that, in in all seasons like, yeah all yeah you're right all seasons freaking fall freaking crisp air that first crisp <sighs> morning reminds me of going to band practice yeah you know what i mean yes Oh. Yeah, fucking marching band. <laughs> give me a trumpet. Somebody give me a trumpet right Somebody now. give Mallory a trumpet. I will play the trumpet right now. <laughs> da, 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 da. Hi, no. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it. You knew. You knew. Of course. <laughs> God. Shout out to uh, RHS, Fire of the Blue, Marching Band. Shout out RHS. Shout out Tony Klein. <laughs> Gosh, man. Legend. Shout out Marching Band. Shout out all the band nerds out there. We love you. Hey, the real we deal. We love you. If it wasn't for you, there would be no music. I mean, That's shoot. Right. That's right. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, this kind of leads <laughs> me to another good question for you. Mm-hmm. You can think on this. What are... And you can choose one if you want to hone in on one, or you can go however many you want. But what are your personal superpowers? Mm. Good question. Uh, I honestly want to say that one of them is observation. Nice. Uh, yeah, I feel like I just am very sensitive and um, also very interested in all sorts of shit. And that makes it very easy for me to just like pay attention to a lot of things um, that might go unnoticed. Um, you know, whether that's a fucking cardinal or whether it's, you know, I don't know, the way my employer is behaving towards me and how that, you know, informs that person's uh need for some grace and gratitude uh from the universe and potentially from me uh just, just like I, I i feel like i have a unique power for observation that any any human being can have and people do have i think um in their own ways um right i think i think that i've got a really unique ability to communicate those observations um and sometimes it doesn't make any sense uh 
to me, it usually does, even when it doesn't fully make sense and it doesn't fully map out onto some you know neural pathway that we're already familiar with. It still somehow makes sense because what I'm getting at a lot of the time is like just like the mystery, you know. So if what I say is completely <laughs> obscured by some random weird metaphor, then 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 that's like my way of talking because like you know I point to things that exist in our world, but really what I'm after is the the big mystery. I'm after that that magic, that mystery, that thing. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, now one of my um, super flubs, super power. What's the opposite of a superpower? Super flops, super super down, super down. It's not a super downfall. It's like a what's a what's a what's a less intense word? What's a less final what are, word? What are for what are uh, it would maybe be like what's a a tendency you have. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, I have a tendency to <clears throat> distrust my instincts and to distrust my, um, you know, weird little creative spirit that's like, we're writing a song, man. Uh, you should write this line, even though it makes no sense. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, it's not personal like Joni Mitchell was, but this is the right line, I'm telling you. And I find myself being like, it's not the right line because it has to be this. Like I, I, I've spent the past couple of weeks really beating my head against a wall and I know why it's just a difficult pattern to break out of. It's because I've been listening to a lot of Joni Mitchell and Joni sets a very high and you, you know, unique um, standard for songwriting. And uh, rather than being inspired by it and using it as a permission slip to do things completely my own way, I've been like, I've got to sound like Joni. And uh, right. that's, that's fucking me up. Um, so yeah, the, the tendency to not trust myself, the tendency to just like, kind of think that I got to sound like somebody else or look like, or be like, or uh, uh, present like, or, or whatever. Um, I think that's, that's one of my tendencies, one of my less than healthy tendencies, because like, you know, I, I, I recognize I'm not about this like fake humble shit. Like I recognize that I have a unique sense for observation and a unique ability to communicate those observations. Um, so like, why, why am I willing to say that? And then in the very next breath or like secretly in my head, doubt everything I ever say, you know? Yeah. Well, maybe that's because, you know, being observant, part of that is being very detailed with your thoughts. You know what I mean? You're able to kind of, you break things down. That's kind of what observing is, is that you're, you're breaking down things and you're, you're like figuring out what's really going on. Yeah. And with that, even though that's a strength, it can make you be very self-critical of yourself to where you're picking yourself apart. You're, you're so observant that you're observing everything about you without, and like, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like. I feel like yeah. I do the same way and it's like and, and you get to a point where you're like you're saying you're you're trying to be something that you're not, you know, or or you're putting yourself up against somebody or something instead of letting you be you and let that thing be that. You know, does that make yeah, sense? Cuz that's does. what like, I feel like I do too. Yeah, we are our own worst hecklers. <laughs> um, yeah. We are, we are peanut galleries for ourselves. You know, we don't need other people to come in and criticize us because we do it quite enough. I've got it covered. Thank you. Nobody uh, is allowed to criticize me on the internet because I am very critical of myself already. And anything you say is going to cause me to spiral for days. So you get it. You heard it here first, folks. No negative comments. 
right? No, I'm kidding. Uh, people are free to say whatever they want about me uh, because, yeah, like I just I just need reminding sometimes. Just need reminding sometimes to trust yourself and, um, you know, I think within within some reasonable boundaries, treat people kindly. Don't put a burden on the world around you, on people around you. Don't don't make your problems the problems of the world. Uh, but other than that, fucking trust yourself and don't let anybody tell you you're not a responsible adult just because you leave <laughs> some magic. You're you are gonna like wear that out oh fuck yeah that yeah. that I'm got you man getting little, still getting a little mileage hey i understand i mean that that one did sting and it, you, that was totally like low blow i agree yeah but i do have one more question for you and this is ah. fun this is whatever you want to make of it do it let me see oh carol what's up carol hi Okay, if you could be a planet in our solar system, which planet would you be? You can't be Earth. Okay, other than Earth. Can't be Earth. You know, I really love that question. So it's not if I could be on. It's it's like if I could be the planet itself. Yeah, if you... And you <clears throat> actually, it's either or. It doesn't matter. Like, if you could be... A planet, or if you want to live on that planet, like you had the capabilities, we're not you know, like you had the biological and physiological capability, no matter what, to exist there. But yeah, however you want to take that. Okay. Cool. Hmm. Well, that's a good fucking question. Um, I'm gonna start eliminating. So not Mercury. Okay. Not Mars. Um. Let me just do a little quick little Google real quick because I want to say not Jupiter because Jupiter is like 100% storms, right? Yeah, that's probably the one I would be, not that I would pick, but it's like, bitch, you a big ass storm. That's all you are. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and when I was wow. born, I had a huge ass like red birthmark on my forehead. And mm -hmm. I guess as I grew, it it's back in my hair somewhere, I guess. But it's, it's like the, the red eye of Jupiter. Isn't it red? Pretty sure. Yeah. I would either yeah, probably be... No, I'm going to let you I'm gonna let you answer first. Because, yeah, visuals could definitely play a role in this, you know? It, it's, it's, it's probably going to be entirely visual. It's like a visual intuitive mm -hmm. thing. So... I'm getting pulled between Neptune and Saturn. Neptune um, and Saturn? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, what's I was thinking Neptune. Venus is, Venus is like a little marble. Neptune's like blue, right? Yes. Oh, Venus is hot. No, Venus. Let's see. Neptune. Um, ice giants. Oh, it's a gas giant. Okay. Surface gravity is almost Earth-like. Strongest winds, coldest planet. I'm going to say Neptune. Yeah, that's a good choice. I love Neptune. Just the color yeah. of it. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Winter, which is a, a planet from a story called The Left Hand of Darkness by Ursula K. Le Guin, which I would highly, 
highly recommend to anybody. It's amazing. And Ursula K. Le Guin is a great writer. It's like not too heady. I mean, it is heady if you want it to be, but it's also just like easy to read. So if you just kind of sure want to read a fun story, um, you can do it. But if you want to go into it and like basically find like <laughs> one of the uh, kind of Bibles of science fiction, you can get that out of it too. Just like the actual Bible, you can get fun stories out of it or you can get some deep esoteric meaning. Yeah. You can join a join a cult. I mean it's you could. These Japan. days you can join a cult for anything. But anyways, I <laughs> I think that Neptune is a beautiful choice. I, I love the color. And that that was probably my top choice. Either Neptune or Saturn. That's probably what I would go with. But like I said, if I'm probably Jupiter whether I like it or not. Yeah, yeah. I would like to know a little bit more about the planets themselves because obviously there's like astrology and there's like astrological archetypes based on the planets and stars and et cetera, et cetera. But like, I would actually like to know a little bit more about the planets. That way you can make the planets themselves archetypes. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's probably got to be some stuff on that. You know what I mean? There's got to be some deep literature, some foundation on that train of thought because, I mean. Planetology or something. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. kind of leading, I'll just kind of, I know it's getting a little bit late here, but you're working on some music. Um, yeah. What's, yeah. what, yeah, what are you working on right now? What's, what's going on? Um, I've been writing songs just solo acoustic uh, with the, you know, intention of putting a band together and making them these big rock and roll driving things. <laughs> um, but I also want them to be able to be played acoustically because I want to take a house show tour this summer where I just like play all these new songs and some cover songs for people. Uh, and I just want to like hang, like, I just want to hang with people. I want to hang with like the many friends that I've made on TikTok. So, uh, are you going to take the bus? Yeah, that's the goal. Like there's still a bunch of work to do on it. So it's like really stressful to think about, but like, I'm just saying I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, you've got, what is it? February. You've got yeah. some time. You got, some, got time. some time. So I'm starting to like reach out to people. So basically I'm working on some, some acoustic songs. I'll call them for now. Um, but they're not going to be acoustic, you know, forever. And then I'm also working on putting a, a live band together here in Nashville. I've been practicing guitar like fucking crazy. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I want to play and I want to have fun and I want to, uh, I just, I, want, I don't know I want to play music I, I want to fucking play music so bad yeah it um, sounds like you've got that spark still you know yeah almost rejuvenated uh, yeah, it's like stronger now than it's ever it's like not it's it honestly feels like it's the first time it's been lit like it's like now nice. I know what it means to be a musician like I was in it for the wrong reasons before like part of it was playing music part of it was whatever but a lot of it was just a fucking vanity project and um I think um, I think just not necessarily the songs, the songwriting has always been honest for me. Um, the songwriting has always been like an act of expression, but like the performances of those songs and the way that I looked at live gigs and the way that I would like the barometer that I would use to kind of, uh, feel out the way I thought a live gig went was just fucked up. Like it was just all about like numbers, this, this bullshit. Yeah. And, um, I look back and I'm like, well, you know, there's a reason a lot of people weren't paying attention is because I wasn't having fun. I wasn't having fun. And I can't expect somebody else to come and have fun when I'm not willing to do the same thing. Yeah. So that's what I want to do now. I want to have fun. And um, 
I love that that's what you were talking about doing because we're on the same wave right now. And there's a quote that I'm going to pull up. Um, and it's, it's nobody else other than Jerry Garcia. Um, it's just freaking beautiful. So there's uh, just a little bit of setting the scene. There's a documentary called The Long Strange Trip on Amazon, and it's like a seven-part or so series, and they just talk about the Grateful Dead. So the first episode, um, they uh, kind of introduce the band, how they got started, the big moments, key pivotal moments in the band's development. And Jerry Garcia takes a second, and uh, he's talking about uh, one of the acid tests, which is essentially like this: these events that uh, Ken Kesey and... Um, Oh, fuck. Uh, Neil Cassidy, I believe. I think it might have just been Ken, but Ken Kesey put on these things called acid tests where like it was just in a big room and you paid a dollar for a cup of punch and there was acid in the punch and people tripped and had these big spiritual revelations and the Grateful Dead fucking played music at them. And that's how they like really got started. That's how they like learned to like, you know, play in a band together. And uh, so it comes to this moment in the documentary and and, and I'm just going to read this quote from Jerry Garcia. I remember one time after the Watts acid test, which was particularly strange. You know, it's dawn. We drove the bus over to the Watts Towers. We got out and looked at them. See, the city of Los Angeles said, these things are dangerous. They're going to fall down and hurt somebody. So they moved wreckers and things like that in there and cranes, and they tried to pull down this guy's towers after he was dead, and they couldn't budge them. They couldn't pull them down. So they said, well, they're solid. So now they're in the tourist pamphlets and things like that. But in my thoughts about that went something like this. If you work if you work by yourself as hard as you can every day after you're dead you've left something behind that they can't tear down you know if you work real hard that's the payoff the individual artist payoff that thing that exists after you're dead you know and I thought wow that's that's not it for me instead of making something that lasts forever I thought I'd, I think I'd rather have fun for me it was more important to be involved in something that was flowing and dynamic and not so solid that you couldn't tear it down nice when i heard that shit it it like it was the nail in the coffin and it was like okay now i know what i want to be doing i want to write songs that tell these big crazy fucking stories um and and i want to have fun (laughs) like i want to i want to find like people that are sick of like just you know the kind of like addicting same old yeah, yeah, the same old like addicting nature of so much shit in our society that are sick of like living digitally and uh want something, you know, fucking organic with people around them and that's like who I want to play music for because that's what I want. Like I want to meet yeah. weird fucking people and I want to <laughs> hang out. Like you know, and it I- makes sense because what I was talking about earlier, you really can write. You know, and and you talk about how this artist, I can't remember who you were talking about. It's like the way she writes is, and it's like, man, Joni Mitchell, Joni Mitchell. And you're, you're talking about how she writes and how these people write. One thing definitely need to remember though, is man, the way that Michael Witt can write that shit is fire. You know what I mean? And, uh, it makes sense. Like you're kind of combining the two and, you know, just just remember, you're able to write freaking thousands of words in on these pages and explain stories. It's like that's you, and you can do that in a song too. You know, like exactly what you're saying. Um, that makes a lot of sense to me. And yeah, just remember, you are a really good writer yourself. 
to be Thank you. modeled after, you know, you have your own craft. <laughs> yeah. That thank you so much for saying that. It's 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 like it's difficult for me to remind myself of that. And when somebody else reminds me, it, it just is a little bit it's a little bit harder to slap. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a playful, gentle, like, come on, bro. Chill out. Like you got your thing, man. You do it's your like, thing. I'm, I'm over here hyping you up, you know, like yeah. you really are the shit, man. And I, I really enjoy our relationship and just getting to talk with you and it definitely every single time we get to talk it, it seems like you're literally family to me um and i just could not be more thankful for our relationship and friendship and you know you you really are the best dude oh my gosh i i i feel the exact same way about you honestly i tell so many people about you like just knowing you has made me so much better and it's it's one of the reasons I'm so excited about being going riding this wave right now because I know that you know like how twisted up I can get um, because I know how twisted up you can get like we just understand this shit about each other mm-hmm. um, because we got that like cosmic electricity you know what I mean like we just are like kin <laughs> like we're just kin yeah and um, it's it's really fucking cool. And, uh, I, I miss you. I love you. I love, uh, Carol. I'm so happy for y'all. Like y'all are fucking living and I'm, I'm proud of y'all. And, um, I've, I've got this, this kind of not necessarily theory, but it's like a piece of advice that I haven't really started speaking out loud, but, um, it's a piece of advice I'm gonna start giving. And it's basically just that, you know, you can have big heroes, like Jerry Garcia and Joni Mitchell and John Mayer. You can have these big heroes, but you should also try to find heroes that are in your life. And you are one of my fucking heroes. Like you are one of my songwriting heroes. You are like one of my just like people heroes. I just, when I'm getting real wrapped up, it helps me to be like, damn, what if I had to tell Mallory about the way I'm behaving right now? Like (laughs) it makes me act different. And uh, you're one of my favorite fucking songwriters. Your band is one of my favorite bands that I've ever seen live. And like, yeah, I just feel grateful that that like I just get to know you and people like you. Like, you know, it just is cool when you can meet somebody who becomes your favorite songwriter. And it's like, I know you. (laughs) Like, I know this fucking person. (laughs) Totally, man. Thank you so much. That means so much. And I mean, for real, that... It brings tears to my eyes because I, I just I love you so much and I feel the same. I we definitely are in each other's lives for a reason. I definitely believe that, and I'm just so excited to see what you do because you're gonna do some really 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 cool things, and I'm gonna be just watching and just I can't wait to see what happens. It's like give me some popcorn. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Hell yeah. But as we wrap up here, I just, you know, I got to go to bed. You know, I'm old and my bedtime is creeping up here. But before we go, I just want to give you an opportunity. Let everybody know where they can find you at. Um, You can find me. uh, If you want to listen to my music, you can find me anywhere you get your music. Um, Michael Witt is my name. M-I-C-H-A-E-L-W-I-T-T. gonna have some new music coming out very soon yes uh, cool fucking music like like uh i'm not i don't want to say anymore but cool shit is coming 
Um, Can't wait. So you can find me on all the streaming platforms. You can find me on any social media platform at Michael X Wit. Michael X, just the letter X, W I T T. Um, and I'm going to be, uh, uh, I would also recommend going to my YouTube and, subscri- and subscribing to my YouTube channel uh, because I am going to be um, very active on YouTube moving forward. Let's go. That's awesome. awesome. I, I want to try that out too. We'll see how it goes. Oh, you could just like clip all of this audio and put like a picture of you or some shit and then mm-hmm. just like a waveform animation and, and like that's that can be like you know a good chunk of youtube content for you hell yeah well i really appreciate you sitting down and spending yeah. some time and chatting with me tonight and of i love you so much man i always have time for mallory mcadams i love you too um i'm gonna stay here and play one of these new songs for for my tiktok friends uh, can i listen but i'll i'll turn off the recording I was going to invite you to stay. Oh, hell yeah. Um, or do you want me to keep it recording? It's up to you. It is up to you. I am perfectly comfortable with you continuing to record. Yeah, I'll do it. One day my mother packed a bag and pushed me out the door Said you know I love you but it's time for something more And with my sense of innocence I pedaled off alone And never stopped to wonder if I'd ever come back home I knew what to follow once I recognized the sound. Sweet and simple music floating high above the ground. A marching band was coming by the finest in the land. Suddenly I had to feel that magic in my hands. And I stayed in motion all night long With a never-ending song I had less to lose as every day was passing by Learning all my lessons from the patterns in the sky Every now and then I heard the music from above Fell in love with the feeling of the wave And I made my way under the light Of a Colors of the morning gave away to cold and gray. The song above was fading, and the water out. Still, I found I had never been afraid. 
And it felt like I had been reborn with the, the passing of a storm.
Oh, hell yeah. Damn. Dude. That's the best I've ever played that song. It's still like, it's a, it's a lot. There's a lot of words. <laughs> I love that. And I love when, like, kind of towards probably three quarters done, when you hit that change. I don't know. You It was like you went into that different section of the song. That yeah. was slick. I love that. Woo! Thank I love you. that. It's like a, it's like lulling you in, and then right when it's like oh, okay, I'm done listening, it's pop, 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 pound. Yep, yep. Yeah. It's uh, I love that man. That sounds really good. I can, f I feel, I feel the love behind that. You're having fun Ooh. for sure. I yeah. can feel it. That's gonna be a fun one to play with a band, man. Mm. All right, beautiful people. If you made it this far. Head over to Instagram and follow the podcast at malfunction underscore pod. That's at M-A-L-F-U-N-K-T-I-O-N underscore pod. And let's build a community and have some fun. And until next time, let's just all try to keep our shit together. Okay? Peace out. <laughs>